If you chat with anyone that's been successful on YouTube or any of the YouTube teachers, two words you will hear constantly. One is trends and the second is community. If you want to know how to use trends and community to grow your YouTube channel, well, this is the right episode for you. Welcome to Tube Talk, the show dedicated to helping you become a better video creator so you can get more views, subscribers, and build your audience. Brought to you by vidIQ. Download for free at vidIQ.com. And welcome to another episode of Tube Talk. My name is Liron Segev. I am your host. I am a blogger, a YouTuber, and the director of customer success here at vidIQ, where every day we help creators big and small grow their channel, grow the audience, get more subscribers and more views. So yes, we do use the power of the community and of course we leverage trends to do that. That is two of the techniques that we use. And today's guest is Dan Courier from Creator Fundamentals who does this superbly well. He's gonna teach us the exact steps that he uses to build amazing audiences for his clients. Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Who is Dan in a tweet? How would you describe him? In a tweet? Um, yeah, so I have a, uh, certainly have a lot of passions and a lot of different projects I'm working on. Uh, on YouTube, I have a YouTube channel called Creator Fundamentals uh, that is all about simplifying YouTube to help other creators uh, grow on the platform. Simple as that. Fantastic. How important it is to understand this thing called trends on YouTube? We keep hearing about a viral video, hashtag challenges, all of those kind of keywords which have been flying around. For us as creators who have our channels, what should we be looking for? Should we be routing those trends? How do we detect them early? Where do we even begin? So I think one of the biggest things to understand when it comes to trends is not every successful attempt to jump on a trend has a net positive gain for your YouTube channel. Uh, what we see a lot of are creators who try to jump on a trend, something popular that's going on, and uh, oftentimes they'll hit on something, but it's not really aligned with the niche that they're focusing on on their channel. And while it may sound and feel like a good thing in the beginning, you're getting a lot of new subscribers and views and your uh, live statistics are, are off the charts and it's a really good feeling. Long term, it can have some really detrimental effects on your channel. Uh, so it's definitely important when we think about trends that we are looking at trending topics in line with the topics that we're covering uh, on our channels. Okay. So there's a couple of things to, un to dive into there. So mm -hmm. just because something is trending and something is doing well as a general rule might not necessarily mean that we should be jumping on that, on that trend. Is that right? Right. And ultimately what happens is when a situation like that occurs, uh, say, for example, you have a YouTube channel with 5,000 subscribers and you hit on a viral video that's not related to your typical content and you bring in 2,000 new subscribers in a week. Well, now you find yourself in a situation where you have those original 5,000 subscribers that are looking for one type of content, a new 2,000 who are looking for different kind of content, and it puts you in that odd position of are you going to be true to the original audience or are you going to continue to make videos related to the viral content in an effort to appease the new audience. So it kind of puts you at odds, it splits your audience, and uh, it a lot of times it just, it, it just causes problems with your entire strategy and uh, uh, the long-term effect of that is can really knock 
creators off their game in terms of the type of content they should be making. And is this true kind of across the board? In other words, regardless of your channel size or your niche, if you tap onto something that isn't within your core audience or your core values, could this hurt your channel even when you're a bigger channel? I would think at any channel, it has the potential. Obviously, if you're, if the trend that you jump on in, um, you know, as related to your entire audience, you know, if you have 100,000 subscribers and something hits and you get a couple thousand from it, obviously it's not going to dilute mm-hmm. your, your audience to that degree. Um, you know, so it would probably be a little less of an impact on your, uh, your overall growth. Uh, but at the same time, you're still bringing in the, that audience that ultimately is probably not going to be served uh, any value from your future content because they came in uh, on a topic you don't typically cover. Okay. So, I mean, that, that makes sense. It's, there's a core audience. Yes, there may be a bit of dilution on, on the fringes, but if you get back to doing what you're doing, you'll probably will retain that momentum and that audience will will forgive you a little bit because you've built up some sort of a trust, some sort of authority. But if you make this a habit, I think that you're going to feel it very much in your analytics. Yeah. And a lot of times it's the, you know, especially on, you know, smaller mid-sized channels when you do, if you haven't experienced a trending or a viral type video and that takes off, you're almost compelled to want to follow it up with similar content. So Mm. you could be two or three videos. If you're doing it right, you're, you know, you're, you're, um, you're following that up with related content to ride that trend and get the most out of it. Um, but if you're riding that trend away from the, the kind of content you actually want to make, uh, you know, it can hurt you. Well, the one thing you seem to have done really well is understand this and, be, and even and apply it to your own, obviously, channel. You've got this great video called How to Get 1,000 Subscribers and 4,000 Watch Hours with about 400-odd thousand views on that particular video. This was done about a year ago, I would say, which is a yep. really good time. So within a year, you know, over 400,000 views, amazing stuff. Tell me about this video. How did you come up with this? What was your research like? Was this a trending thing that you were going after or was it like a, a specific question? How did this happen? All right. So there's a couple different things here. And part of it actually ties into the other topic that you talked about, which is community. And I'll, I'll explain that in a minute. But so basically what happened prior, obviously I do content for YouTube creators. It's all about educating them and keeping them up to date on news. So one of the things that was going on was a grand delay in a a number of creators who had reached 10,000 views, which used to be the requirement for the YouTube partner program, but had not been monetized. And YouTube was putting out very vague information and um, basically stringing these people along uh, because it had been months since they reached it, but they weren't approving anybody. Mm. This started to get me thinking that uh, something that a change was in the works because of the lack of information and the time that had passed. So I think one of the important takeaways in terms of trending is to understand your niche, uh, be aware of current events that are happening and recognize when certain changes or news articles are going to receive an emotional response from the audience. So, in, so where we were at this point, uh, we, I could feel the frustration building. A lot of people kept you know, reaching out to me, asking me why they hadn't been monetized. And then YouTube came out with the news that they changed it from 10,000 views to 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 watch hours. Now, the way that this actually ties into 
the community aspect is my, uh, I have a number of different things I do to get like news alerts and stuff. I have like certain things that I've set up on Twitter to try to tag certain people to get uh, information uh, as, uh, as quickly as possible to be able to uh, jump on these things. But in that particular case, it was actually a member of my community, somebody who was subscribed to my channel who reached out to me uh, and let me know that that news article had dropped. So uh, along those lines, one of the things that I had committed to do prior to uh, this whole thing, uh, which is a good tip for anybody, is uh, set up your studio, set up your space in such a way where you can make content without a lot of a lot of preparation, mm. uh, meaning uh, if you can get a dedicated space to set up to be able to, to pop in and do a video quick, if you have content that obviously is related to that. But the the value, the way that I was able to capitalize on this trend is essentially being the first, the first person to market, so to speak, where I knew there was going to be an emotional response. I knew this was a very important news topic. Uh, and I, as soon as I heard the news, I literally turned on my camera and made a video. Now, the one that has 400,000 views was actually the second video uh, because I decided right away that I was going to make two videos, the first of which was meet everybody where they were. And it was a frustration video. It, it started off uh, in YouTube's effort to screw small YouTubers because I knew that's how people were going to feel. Mm -hmm. um, in that first video, I kind of met them right at the front door. Uh, with that emotion, and that's another important concept or key with trending content, is to when a topic evokes emotion, you know there's going to be a large uh, audience involved in that. So I decided to meet them where I knew they were on an emotional level, and then that first video, I kind of walked them through that emotion uh, and kind of ended that video with the idea of, you know, you're going to have to come up with a way to move move forward if this is important to you. The next day, I released the how to get 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 watch hours right. to tap into those people who um, were frustrated but wanted to continue. So that second video came out with the pity party's over, time for us to get to work, <laughs> and then I outlined the ways that they could do that. Uh, and I also, just from a content perspective, that particular video also referred to several other videos on my channel um, where they could get different information on aspects of moving forward. So all in all, it worked out pretty well. It seems to have been, but it was smart. I mean, it was kind of reading the audience, reading the sentiment before an announcement was made. So by the time the announcement was made, you were already prepped, you ran your research, you knew what's going to be the pain points, and then you knew how to fix those pain points. And this is exactly what people would be searching for. So these are some great points. And you said you use social media. Yeah, a variety of other things you can make. Uh, I don't, I think they're called, are they called lists on Twitter where you can kind of yes. tag a bunch of things so you can pop in there and see kind of a news feed from those particular tags. So I have that on there that I use. Like you said, I get Google alerts um, and I try to touch base in other um you know, other news resources to try to, to stay on top of that stuff. If somebody is a, has a chef um, channel, a cooking channel, or someone is a vlogger, or someone does, like, I don't know, tech how-tos, do we all fit into that same boat? Should we also be kind of keeping an ear or an eye out on what's happening? Will that help us? I think it's, it's going to vary a little bit, obviously, based on the niche and the type of content that you're making. I would say 
any niche or topic that you're focused on that has the potential to have breaking news or uh, news that, that people would want to hear about right away has the potential to be trending in that particular category. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I know uh, a channel that um, does auto-related content and uh, they – uh, there was a new car that was coming out and they jumped on the news of that particular vehicle and put together a string of videos based on that vehicle that just exploded their channel and got them a ton of activity. And it was also in, you know, in line with the topic. So in that case, it was a trending topic that brought in an audience completely mm-hmm. related to their channel and, and they, they saw a big boom from it. Wow. Love it. Love it. Love it. So again, going back to understanding that you're in a niche, but your niche doesn't start and stop in YouTube. It bleeds into absolutely everything else. And if you can understand that, you can probably predict those trends because you're in it and you're feeling the frustration or you're feeling the joy or you're feeling the, the anticipation of something being released and just use that to your channel's advantage. That makes complete sense. Yeah, I mean, and at this point, I think YouTube is pretty much a, a not-so-microcosm of life in general because uh, of its size and its mass and the amount of content that is uploaded every, uh, every hour. Uh, anything that happens in the outside world is going to find its way to YouTube um, because mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. highly significant portion of the outside world tunes into YouTube. Oh, clearly. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but and again, it's always great to, so I, I think my point and, and your point is as well, is that once we look beyond just the borders of the YouTube and beyond this whole, why am I not on the trending page? Well, trending pages are there because they're already trending. If you can understand something before it happens, well, that's where the gold is. That's where you win in a big way. And and to a large degree, the trending page itself is kind of like, you know, the Rolls Royce of success. Well, it's okay if you go out and find yourself a, you know, a couple BMWs. <laughs> it's still it's still going to do well for the growth of your channel, and you don't necessarily ever have to find the trending page to you know be highly successful in terms of getting content to trend within your own niche. Okay. Brilliant tips, great advice. Keeping your ears to the ground is always, always helpful. Now, the one thing we did touch upon very, very quickly is this whole community. And I know from my personal experience before I kind of let you run with this, is things changed dramatically when I started understanding that it's not me versus every other person in my niche, but rather me can be included as part of co uh, workers, so to speak, of people in my niche. And then that mindset change alone just absolutely changed my channel, changed my attitude, changed basically everything. What do you feel about the the community as a whole? So, I mean, to me, it all starts in, in, in the community. And in fact, for me, this particular channel, Creator Fundamentals, actually literally started in the community. I was actually working on my other channel called The Average Dan that was kind of a how-to uh, channel where I would make videos to help people solve problems that I ran into and I couldn't find content on. Uh, and when I quote unquote got serious and wanted to learn how everything worked, the first thing I did was join YouTube communities uh, on Facebook. I got involved in groups, started interacting with uh, other people who were trying to achieve the same type of goals that uh, I was. And 
through that experience, I started to learn uh, not only the value of going in and, and, and giving value and talking to people, but that there were a lot of people in the community that needed uh, a source of information on what actually works and what doesn't. So uh, I think they are, they are um, very intertwined. And once you kind of understand how big, I mean, everybody says it community, 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 but it is, it is an absolute game changer when you realize uh, that how powerful it can be. And for me, it started in Facebook groups from that point on, it extended to, uh, making the jump and actually attending conferences in person, uh, which just takes the community aspect to a whole different level. Uh, do you find that social media and the, the comfort of home and the computer is actually not a bad place to start? I think it's a great place to start because I think, like, like you said, when you do start to meet people in person, you realize that the creator space is filled with people who are introverts and have social anxiety and all those things. And it's, it, you know, surprising in some degree because YouTube provides, uh, you know, YouTube and social media in general provide an outlet for these people, um, myself included, where you can, uh, you know, express yourself, you can get good at your craft, you can deliver information in a comfortable setting. Uh, and again, you know, going into the, the communities, the groups and stuff like that, you can interact with other people on your own pace without the awkwardness of meeting <laughs> strangers in a, in a, you know, a loud room and that kind of thing. But uh, uh, for sure, I mean, it is, I think it's probably more I would probably say there's more people who are introverted than not uh, in my experience and the people that I've, that I've come across. So I've done my thing. I'm on Facebook. I've joined some groups. I've met some people virtually. What's the next step? Should it be a meetup, local meetup? Should it be a big conference? What would you advise? So uh, for me personally, it was, it, it was a big uh, conference only because in the area that I live in, in upstate New York, I don't have a ton of opportunities to have creator meetups. If you live in a city uh, or an area, you know, that seems to have a YouTuber every three people like Utah, <laughs> um, you can uh, uh, then definitely take advantage of meetups, get your, you know, kind of dip your toe in that experience and, and meet people in person and start to develop relationships above and beyond uh, just helping to learn the craft, the relationships that you make through the YouTube community uh, can open so many doors for you. It's not just a matter of, of learning, um, you know, how YouTube works or, you know, those kind of things. It's, there's really a, a lot of opportunities present themselves through the relationships that you form. So um, definitely try to hit up meetups locally if you can. Um, if you have never gone to a conference, I definitely recommend trying to, uh, take that leap and, and actually attend one um, because it, it puts you in a whole different world as creators online. Not many of us can, you know, turn off the computer and go in the other room and chat about YouTube with our spouses or <laughs> our significant others, our kids, our friends, because they just don't, they don't understand. Um, but then you go to an event and you, everybody around you is all talking about the same thing. And it really kind of flips a switch of, uh, you know, what's possible uh, when we start to, to do this kind of thing online. Uh, and I agree 100%. I mean, my first time I attended VidCon, which is 
uh, the YouTubers Disneyland is the only way I can des- I can describe it. Yeah. The first time I attended it, I looked around me and then I realized, hold on, and I actually put out this tweet from VidCon, which was retweeted by VidCon, which was quite funny. It was uh, more colored hair and gorilla tripods per square mile than anywhere in the world right now, because. <laughs> Everywhere you looked around, it was just people with green, yellow, purple hair, which I have the green, so I'm cool with that. And everyone's on there, on there um, talking to their cameras, and everyone's just relaxed because you're not weird just talking to yourself in the middle of the shopping mall vlogging. You're just part right. of everybody else is doing exactly the same. How cool is that? Have, have you been to VidCon? I have not been to VidCon. I have been to VidSummit and also Social Media Marketing World. Um, those are two very different conferences from very. each other. But, uh, <laughs> um, right, so, so next up on your radar has to be a VidCon and then just, just so you can complete that trifecta. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny though because is, I, I truly believe in the community aspect and one of the challenges for me living in upstate New York is that all of the conferences are actually out on the West Coast or a lot mm-hmm. of the major ones. So... Um, I'm actually trying to take the concept of community to the next step here in the Northeast and trying to create uh, um, a creator event here that uh, people can come to and uh, kind of experience that community without having to trek trek across the country. So let me ask you this. What has got you really excited right now about YouTube? So for for me, YouTube has really been uh, kind of the springboard of of what's possible and and what uh, I can do in the creative space. So, uh, like I, when I first went out to that vid summit, it was just you know one of the things that people get into like and you, especially when people are starting YouTube channels, they'll you'll ask them the question, "Well, are you doing this or you want it to be a business? Would you like to make a you know uh, a, make this your full time career?" And a lot of people because they don't have the confidence or even realize what's possible, they're like, oh, it's just a hobby." You know, and then they make that, you know, they get that first ad sense and they go, oh, well, maybe, you know, something could happen here. And then when you really start to get the ball rolling, you're like, hey, I can turn this into a career. Uh, For me, it, like I said, it's a springboard. It's just the tip of the iceberg for me and what I want to do. You know, obviously, I want to be able to present the content uh, on YouTube to all of the people that are uh, coming into uh, the platform and learning exactly how everything works. And uh, I think it's a, a great opportunity and a privilege to kind of be there at the front door to give them the tools to do that. But above and beyond that, I want to be able to help those who want to take it to the next level to advance uh, their education through through coursework and all that other stuff. Like I said, um, that uh, the probably that when you said excitement, the thing that pops into the head is the is the conference that I'm planning because it's so far out of my comfort zone. <laughs> and it's uh, mildly terrifying but at the same time it's super exciting because i know uh, what it's going to take and i'm looking forward to the opportunity to put it all together i'll probably be stressed out until it actually (laughs) comes about but uh that to me that's super exciting uh you know to try to see that through and create the opportunity for for people to get together here on the east coast without trekking across the country and be able to do that at at a much lower cost than um you know what it does take you know myself and others to to make it out to California. Yeah, and, and it must be amazing value for someone who's local, who's maybe on the fence a little bit. They kind of want to do this, but they can't afford to justify that cost at the moment. A local event is absolutely what's needed to 
get you over that hurdle and to actually see just how big the space is and how welcoming the space can be if you just network with the right people, if you help each other. It's amazing how many doors open. Oh, I know this guy who knows this person. Those little cups of coffees in the hallway, those are worth their weight in gold. So the fact that you're doing one local for your area, that's amazing. I mean, that's absolutely incredible. Do you, have you got a date of when you're thinking of doing this? Yeah, so uh, yeah, it's going to be called The People of Video uh, to focus on that entire community aspect. And it's going to be May 2nd and 3rd of 2020. So have a, a, a year to plan. I wanted to get it out there. So especially because of the cost for people that have that don't have the opportunity, I wanted to kind of make them aware of it uh, as, as far in advance. So if that's something that they're interested in, they can take the next year and kind of plan for it. But uh, um, awesome. yeah, it's going to be, I have, uh, I have a group of people that I, I um, every few months I go to New York City and I meet with a, a group of creators uh, and we do this thing called the New York City Video Mastermind. It's just all of us getting together and it's a nice mix of people. It's myself and Ross Brand and Dan Norton, uh, uh, yes, and, uh, uh, Jason Liebman and um, and uh, John DeStefano from You Do It. A great way for all of us to get together and kind of talk shop and let each other know what's working and what's not working from a business sense. And uh, you know, I'm hopefully going to get all those guys up to upstate New York <laughs> as well as bring people in from the surrounding states to uh, be able to meet people in person because I, I really do think that those in person opportunities Definitely. just just kind of open your mind to uh, what is possible because uh, in, when I went to that first, first vid summit years ago, it was, you, you know, you get inside a bubble, you think you have a general idea of what you're doing and, and, and you start to get to a point where you think you're pretty good and then you go to something like that and people are asking you what your, uh, what your open rate is on your email list. And, you're, <laughs> and I'm like, what email what? list, what's an email <laughs> list, you know? And, uh, you know, thinking about those things and how I learned about those concepts in those, you know, those conferences and how I've, you know, taken those and learned them and, and implemented them since that time. It's right. just, you know, it just opens your mind to just how much you can accomplish and really lets you see that light at the end of the tunnel that is uh, making something that can actually support your channel and yourself in the future. And for people who don't know, the names that he, that he mentioned, that Dan mentioned now, the channels are so fundamentally different to each other. One is a, a DIY working, um, woodworking house um, kind of channel. Uh, Dan uh, Norton is all about video creation. It's so different, but yet there's a common ground, and the common ground is YouTube. But it's amazing how you can just strike up a conversation with people regardless of what they're into. But because you got this common ground, you'll grab a cup of coffee, and then you'll just talk shop and the same rules will apply, some more, some less, to your niche and your industry. But this love for YouTube and helping each other is real. Um, and, and that's why these guys meet up, and that's why they do it. So speaking of New York, because obviously this is your place, I've got an important question. If you could put something on a huge billboard in the middle of Times Square, what message do you want everyone to understand or see? You know, there's a saying that I've kind of, that I kind of picked up, um, it not really only specific to YouTube, but, uh, I've kind of carried it with me for, for years. Uh, and that is life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. Uh, and I think that as, especially in YouTube, because people get frustrated when they don't see the results, uh, realize that mindset 
is such a significant um, ingredient to success in anything. So having the positive mindset, understanding that the pro, that the the journey uh, is is a process, uh, and being able to to roll with the punches, so to speak, and just continue moving forward, I think can be super powerful in in YouTube and in life. Love it, love it, love it. I think that's uh, mindset is what most of this journey is about. Once you have the right attitude, the right understanding that things really, really change. So Dan, as we wrap up, if people want to get a hold of you, they want to follow you on social media, this is my plug myself moment. Yeah, go for it. So you can find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash creator fundamentals at my website at creatorfundamentals.com. If you want to come hang out in upstate New York, you can go to peopleofvideo.com. Love to have you there. Uh, and uh, on um, Twitter and Instagram, it's also creator fundamentals as well. So easy to find out there. Fantastic. And all the show notes will be here with all the links. So everything we've spoken about will be on the blog post so that if you missed anything, it's a simple click away. Dan, thank you for very much for making the time and sharing your knowledge with us. We look forward to seeing you and seeing your event a huge, huge success because anything that we can do to promote people getting together and talking about YouTube, well, that's a great, great thing in my mind. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So for the rest of you, as you're wrapping up this show, don't forget to hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast application. Leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. What else should we be talking about? Just let us know in that review as well. We obviously read every single one of those. And we all know one person, at least one other creator who's currently struggling. Share this episode with them because at the end of the day, we're one happy creator community, which is what we spoke about today. So it all comes together at the end. Thanks, guys, for hanging out. We'll catch you on the next episode. you enjoyed this episode of tube talk brought to you by vidIQ head over to vidIQ.com slash tube talk for today's show notes and previous episodes enjoy the rest of your video making day